0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good evening. evening. It is wonderful to be back at my home parish of St. Martin's on this sacred evening when the dead, yours and mine, feel very close. We remember those saints, those who walked among us, who inspired us, loved us, or completed us, who are now in that great cloud of witnesses, while their absence still aches and often pierces tonight. In remembering them, we call them back to us. Tonight is a night for saints. Yours Mine and St. Martin's. St. Martin is the patron saint of this parish, familiar to many of you, and one who will be celebrated next Sunday on his feast day. He symbolizes us to our community and world, and you'll hear much more about him next week. First Lieutenant Henry Houston, the second, is one of St. Martin's invisible saints, hidden away just off to the right of the high altar on a small memorial. I imagine most of you have never heard of him. He died on a battlefield in Champagne, France, on August 18, 1918, and is remembered here as someone who stood up and stood fast for our country. I suspect he had something in common with Joseph Sintoni, a personal saint of mine who died in Vietnam. I remember him this night, eight days from Veterans Day, because like Henry Houston, Joey embodies what is noble about patriotism during a time in our nation when it is so often cheapened and weaponized for political gain. Joey didn't have to go to Vietnam. For the last 18 months of his three-year army tour, he was assigned to the Honor Guard at Arlington National Cemetery, His family was relieved. He was safe. He would never go to Vietnam. But after participating in the funerals of young soldiers who did go, Joey decided it was wrong for others to serve while he stayed at home. So Joey Santoni volunteered for Vietnam. Angela Prete, his fiancée, didn't want him to go. They had picked out names for the four children they hoped to raise in a house overlooking the Cape Cod Canal. But Angela loved him too much to stop him, even if she could. The night before Joey left home, he wrote a letter to be opened in case he never came back. The letter appears in a book I wrote, Shrapnel in the Heart, about the letters and poems that were left to the dead at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Here is what he said, in part. Dear Angela, this is by far the most difficult letter I shall ever write. What makes it so difficult is that you'll be reading it in the unhappy event of my death. I hope the news was broken to you gently. God, Angie, I didn't want to die. I had so much to live for. You were my main reason for living. Please don't hate the war because it has taken me. I'm glad and proud that America has found me equal to the task of defending her. Most people never think of their freedom. Freedom, like breathing and circulating blood, is part of our being. Why must people take it for granted? Patriotism is more than fighting or dying for one's country. It is participating in its development, its progress, and its governmental processes. It is sharing the never fully paid price of the freedom which was bequeathed to us who enjoy it today. Not to squander, not to exploit, but to preserve and enhance for those who will follow after us. I want you to go on to live a full, rich, productive life. I want you to share your love with someone. You may meet another man and bring up a family. Please bring up your children to be proud Americans. Don't worry about me, honey. God must have a special place for soldiers. Feel some relief with the knowledge that you filled my short life with more happiness than most men know in a lifetime. The inevitable. Well, the last one. I love you. With all my heart and my love for you will survive into eternity. Your joy. Another saint of mine is Laverne Neely. We had nothing in common when we met in 1986. She lived in a trailer by a catfish pond in rural Alabama and was a devout Baptist who believed every word in the Bible was literally true. But over the next 30 years, we became the closest of friends. We met because her son, Dan Neely, died in Vietnam the two-pound baby born at home who was so tiny the doctor didn't bother to take him to the hospital. Laverne kept him in a shoebox by the stove and fed him gradually at first with an eyedropper. I just knew a little baby could make it. She never knew much about the details of how her son died. We met because of shrapnel in the heart and a letter that had been left for Dan at the wall by his first lieutenant. Laverne told me I'd been praying for 18 years for someone to tell me the story of how my boy died. And her son's lieutenant did. But then, unbeknownst to me, she prayed another 17 years to meet the man whose life her son Dan saved in trying to rescue him. And one day she did. God is so good, she said. Laverne had every reason to believe otherwise. Over the years, she buried all four of her children. She was left with her husband, who had been violent and abusive. But only the first 13 years of my marriage were bad, she said to me once in her quiet, matter-of-fact way. The beating stopped when her 13-year-old son took a shotgun and told his father if he ever touched his mama again, he'd blow his brains out. How did you keep believing in God when he was beating you all those years, I once asked her. Well, he didn't let him kill me now, did he? Years later, when her husband was dying, I asked Laverne how she kept going back and forth, back and forth to the hospital day after day, week after week, caring for him with such devotion after all the things he had done to her. How could she be so faithful? Honey, I just pray to God to let me love his soul. The power of those words will never leave me. The choice is ours. How brave and how bold will we love? How deep will we trust in our God? How courageous will we be in our healing? Laverne personified the Beatitudes... She was poor, living on $9,000 a year. She was abused for over a decade at a time when there were no 800 numbers to call. And she lost everything that mattered to her in this world her four children. But she knew Jesus was always with her. When her first child, Debbie, died in 1952, the, the nurse made Laverne sit outside the room on a chair in the hallway. While there, she had a vision of Jesus, lifting Debbie up into his arms so she knew he was with her in that awful moment, and then in the many awful moments still to come. The Beatitudes come alive for me through Laverne. She is how I know Jesus is right where he said he would always be, with the poor, the weak, the sick, the suffering, and those who mourn. Listen for the whisper of the saints, your saints. Their love can still lead you, inspire you, comfort and bless you. The choice is yours. They are only gone if you assume that they are. In the beauty and the silence of this night, And in this sacred space, open your heart, welcome them back, and listen to the whisper of the saints. Amen.